0: Deal with as many professionals as you can. Get involved with with the right people. Surround yourself with a good team of professionals.
1: You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio
0: and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.
2: Hello, Right Club nation. It's Laurel Simmons here. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out our online community yet? I really hope you do because our online community is a place where you can find lots of education, training, and information about real estate investing and about general business. Plus, it's a great place to network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all our podcast episodes, and tons of videos about a wide range of topics. It's free to join so be sure to come grow with us at dot Now, on with our podcast.
1: Welcome back Right Club Nation to another episode. I'm here, I'm Sarah Larby and I'm here with Laurel Simmons, my co-host. Hello Laurel and uh, and guys Right Club Nation, welcome back to another awesome week. Laurel, how uh, how's it going? It's going great and yeah, it's been a fabulous week. Uh, lots of stuff is
2: happening. Um, you know, there's so many opportunities out there, and it's just it's about the mindset, right? And that's what our 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 in our guest is really going to talk about uh, this time. Uh, he's a really successful investor, and it, it is about the mindset because you can tell that he really, really um, had a shift in in how he thought, and which affected what he did, and now. He's like, well, I'm not gonna spoil it. You have to listen to the podcast to find
1: out. Yeah, absolutely. Adrian Pinozo, 200 plus units, started only 10 years ago and has built a tremendous portfolio using the Burr strategy. And, uh, and scaled up really successfully. A combo of his own, a combo of JVs, and we really um, dig deep into you know how to, how to escalate and, and get started. But before we go into that, Right Club Nation, if you do enjoy these podcasts, don't forget, rate and review us on Apple's Podcasts and wherever else you listen. And also check us out online. It's free to register at therightclub.com. Start a profile, Look at our forums, communicate, find team members. We talk a lot about teams in this podcast, who to build on your team. Look at our right partners on the website. You're going to be able to have, and every single week we're adding more stuff to the website, but there's going to be some really key things that you're going to want, aka building your team and finding team members that you can trust that are investors and can help you propel yourself as an example, but many more things as well.
2: Yeah. So go to therightclub.com
1: if you haven't already signed up and
2: it's, it's free. So get in there and we'd love to see you and we'll, we'll connect with you. So
1: Sarah, should we go to the interview? Let's bring in Adrian. Adrian, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: I'm awesome. How are you, Sarah?
1: Good, good. I'm excited to have you on the Right Club podcast. You, uh, you also have been on my Where Should I Invest one? And uh, you've got a really interesting story. But before we go into how you got involved in real estate, I'm just curious what you currently do as a strategy and what your portfolio consists of today.
0: Uh, so as a strategy, we're incorporating the Burr, buy, renovate, refinance, and rent strategy, predominantly in the city of Hamilton. And've um, been a real estate investor for 10 years now, and we've accumulated a portfolio of I think we're up to 207 doors um, and just over 50 units, um, again, mostly in the city of Hamilton.
1: That's awesome. so. I mean, that is not, uh, you know, a small portfolio. That is really awesome. It's incredible. Um, But we want to focus a little bit on, you know, really your start um, and, you know, what you went through, you know, some of the ups and downs, how you got started and without necessarily sugarcoating everything because you got to where you are today. Obviously, mindset is important. Um, But I'd love to get some some realistic things that you you went through along the way. So uh, when did you get started and walk us through the early on journey?
2: Actually, you know what? Can I ask a question before we even get into that? Adrian, why did you decide to do it? Why did you decide to get into real estate investing?
0: My mindset uh, 10 years ago was I wanted to have a little bit of a passive income because my plan was to complete 30 years as a police officer and then subsidize my pension, and I guess the difference in, in, in pay once you retire to obviously your full salary. So, I, my mindset was I'll have a couple properties, create some passive income. So, when I retire from policing, I'll be able to still live the same lifestyle and have the same income as I would when I'm obviously not retired. So, it was. To generate some passive income to subsidize the, the difference in pay.
2: And so, what happened? Because um, going from just subsidizing your pay to having the number of doors you have, like, wow, what happened? How did that happen? Why did it happen?
0: How did it happen? I still scratch my head and wonder how it grew <laughs> so quickly, because um, that was never the intention. Um, it, uh, it it took 10 years in the making and um, the mindset I think was important, but needless to say we scaled it, um, my wife and I um, purchased our first five on our own and really the learning curve was incredible um, given the fact that we chose the city of Hamilton to invest from and I actually live about 30 minutes north of Wonderland. so a city I wasn't even familiar with um, other than reading articles and whatnot and knowing it was a great place to invest. And then after our five, our first initial five properties, and if I can back up the tape, we had no money. So when we started, um, you know, we basically started by a a home equity line of credit. Um, We didn't have, you know, a lot of money in our savings account or whatnot, but we had this equity in our home and um, the mortgage consultant we were working with, we had an appointment with him to re- actually just renew our mortgage in our primary residence. And in conversation with him, he's like, okay, yeah, we can definitely help you out to renew your mortgage, but you know what? Like, you have all this equity in, in this house. What are you doing with that? And the mortgage agent at the time was also an investor. So he kind of put us, kind of opened up the blinds to what is equity in your home mean? What can I do with that? What's a home equity line of credit? I didn't have a clue what all that was 10 years ago. Just, you know, went to work paycheck to paycheck, so to speak. So we borrowed, we leveraged that equity. And I think we started with about 150 ish thousand on a line home equity line um, borrowed everything we had jumped in with both feet and, and, You know, did the sign of the cross and, uh, you know, uh, took it from there. So that's how it started. It all started with a home equity line of credit. And after our fifth property, uh, we then began to joint venture. We had built quite a bit of an experience out there and a, a team around us. And we started the joint venture after our fifth property. And then from there, it just really exploded after that happened. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
1: Right Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas and for the past three years becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely, and they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls, So now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. That's amazing. So so I like that you, right off the bat, were talking to a mortgage broker that was able to give you that insight because this is why I don't recommend going directly to the bank. The bank will try to just keep your renew your mortgage, maybe sell you some mortgage insurance because um, that's how they make their money and they will not tell you about this because they just want you to be you know, I don't know, saving your money to put into their mutual funds and stuff like that. But it is like important. This is why we listen to podcasts. This is why we, you know, we educate ourselves because, um, and, and also why we associate ourselves with other people that are doing it. So the fact that your mortgage broker was already an investor, I think was super helpful because that's a different mindset and a different way of thinking than a person at the bank. And you know, that that is huge because if you guys are listening to this right club nation and you have equity in your property and you don't have a mortgage broker, I, you know it's gonna be really tough, right? Build the right team and and have the right people, but also they're gonna give you ideas and strategies of how you can actually propel yourself forward, just like Adrian did. So Adrian, so then you know like once once that was essentially. Um, mentioned to you, like how long did it actually take you uh, to go ahead and, and find an investment property from the time that you realized that you can actually unlock your equity?
0: Uh, yeah. So obviously you jump through the hoops with respect to the mortgage broker and sending them all your documents, your T4s, your T1s, the house, our original home had to get appraised. And then obviously that appraisal report would show the value of your home and then the equity in your home. Um, so start to finish, um, by the time I bought my first one, maybe three months, give or take, maybe a little bit less, but you know, he obviously being an investor, uh, kind of segued me into looking into Hamilton. Uh, obviously me living in New York region, I'm like, why am I going to go to Hamilton? It's an hour and a half from my house. Like, how am I going to check up on my property? How am I going to make sure my tenants are still there and this and that? He said this, let's go for a road trip and uh, let's, you know, Hamilton's really known for cash flow. Let's go for a road trip. I'll show you the city uh, and we'll take it from there. So I didn't know North, South, East, West, I knew zero, but my personality is more of a um, risk taker and take chances. And for me, even though, I was taking a risk and a chance I still felt comfortable that I was investing in real estate as opposed to listening to a tip about a stock market um, and you know if that tip is wrong and the stock goes belly up your money's gone but I knew I was buying bricks and mortar at the end of the day and worst case scenario if the market dipped a bit I'd still be okay because I still had the asset um, so we went for a road trip and fast forward um, did the you know analysis on properties and the cash flow was you know very very lucrative and uh, pulled the trigger two and a half three months after that initial meeting. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
1: Hey, right club nation. I just wanted to take a moment and introduce you to today's podcast sponsor privatebuyers.ca. On your team of experts, you're going to want to make sure that you have a great wholesaler that's going to bring you some great deals off market. So most real estate investors, they're struggling to find their next deal private buyers, they help investors by bringing them some off market opportunities at under market value so that they can make more money. These discounted real estate deals are not on the MLS. They've been found by PrivateBuyers.ca, who will then send them to your inbox. And they're also going to focus on your criteria and your goals and send you some tailored deals that match your needs. It's just really simple guys. Just go to private buyers.ca, fill out the form and start getting and seeing some available off market opportunities, PrivateBuyers.ca. Now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. You
2: know, I think it's... it. You said something just to, when you started talking in this little bit of the discussion about, you know, how do I do this and how do I do that? Because I think that's a really common uh, theme for especially people who are just getting started, like the how do I's. And I call them the cursed hows. Because so often we get caught up in how do I, how do I, how do I, how do I? How do I? And it really... If you only focus on the hows, you're never going to do anything because there's always a, how do I do this? And how do I do that? There are people out there who can help you figure that out, right? You pick up the phone, you ask somebody, you go to the right club, you know, event, you, Hmm. you talk to people. People can tell you how to do something. So you don't really have to worry about that. It's the why you're doing it and, and what you're doing. That's really, really important. So you obviously had a lot of hows, but you set those aside and went off anyway and took your road trip and and really figured out what was going on and, and why and why you wanted to do this and what you wanted to do. And I think that's, that's the piece that a lot of people don't really think about, obviously, because you, you, you are now really, really successful by any measure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think surrounding yourself... And doing your research, doing your research on you know what what city you want to invest in, doing your research on the numbers, surrounding yourself with with professionals, you know, um, getting involved with the right club and and the education they can provide you and and so on and so forth through their membership and the other professionals that are in the right club as well. I mean, you can't you can't put a price on that. It's it, it really really will will yield you some probably save you a lot of money and maybe help you avoid some common mistakes down the road and just give you overall that, maybe that confidence you need to take that step and just get in the market at the end of the day. You gotta get in the market, like you can't score unless you actually, you're on the ice, right? You gotta get on the ice and, and, and shoot to score. So um, my advice, deal with as many professionals as you can. Get involved with, with the right people. Surround yourself with a good team of professionals. Maybe joint venturing for you. Maybe it's not, but you know, I definitely made a lot of mistakes. Cost me some money. I bounced back without any hesitation. Um, but maybe joint venturing and working with a professional will help you avoid those mistakes, give you that confidence. And then maybe the second property you do on your own or, or the third property you do on your own. And then you start to joint venture and and kind of coach people as well, and whatnot, but like you said, there's so many people out there that can help you um, be successful in this in this game
1: yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know like you said, surround yourself with those people. so now that you have ten years of experience, can you share early on? What were some of the things that you wish you knew how to do or that you, you know, wish that you did not do or that you did do, like as in, you know, maybe some mistakes that or or some some things that you went through that you can share so that somebody listening to this can learn, you know, from from your 10 years ago self?
0: Um what things did I learn? I I, I kind of touched upon it as far as surrounding yourself with a really strong team. Um, Are there had any- I gone back, had I, could I go back and start from the beginning? I'd yeah. Probably,
1: like, what, what would you do differently?
0: Probably have 300 doors now. What I would do differently is, um, start off with a coach, um, and, or a mentor, um, and or a joint venture partner, because they could really cut down your, your, your learning curve. And they could really help you accelerate quicker. Now, if your goal is, and again, my goal was to have two properties. And now we're over 50. So that, that kind of went by the wayside quickly. But I could probably have a lot more in the time I wasted. You know, it took me probably two, three years to really learn what I was doing. And hiring a coach or a mentor or a joint venture partner could have really accelerated that learning curve for me. And yes, you have to pay for that, whether it's coaching, you know, some sort of mentorship or joint venture, but I can't stress enough how, how that's so worth the money. You know, it really, really is worth the money. And and again, whether it's coaching or becoming a member of the right club and, and networking with different professionals, that's so huge. And I never did that. I never did that because being a police officer, when I started most, police officers don't trust anybody. It's just the nature of the nature of the job and the nature of the people you deal with every day and everybody's a liar and nobody tells the truth. And, you know, most police officers, I'm talking at a turn here, but most police, police officers really don't like people because they deal with the worst of the worst every day. So I, I had that same mentality as opposed to opening up my mind and, and trusting people. That could really accelerated me because when I was buying in stuff in Hamilton 10 years ago, I wish I would have, the other mistake I did, I wish I would have bought 20 properties my first year and not two because today those properties, everything I bought 10 years ago is more than doubled in value. And I still have those properties in my portfolio. We were buying legal triplexes for 300,000 fully renovated. And now you can't touch triplexes in Hamilton in a distressed state, you know, typically 2000 square feet, 2200 square feet, distressed in the market today, you're 550,000 all day long. So when I would say coaching, mentorship joint ventures and mindset of, of abundance could really accelerate and help in your success. Does that kind of answer your question?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Some great insights for sure, some great uh, you know, things for, for the Right Club Nation to be able to you know, jot down and, and take some action on and move, and move forward on. How long did it take you from the first you know, time that you bought that property when you started until you left your job and you were able to successfully say, I don't need that police you know, income anymore?
0: um from the very first property I bought um I want to say 7 years 7 years um and can't remember the total amount of cash flow I was generating for me to financially be able to take that step but 7 years um start day 1 to the day I left my a year police officer job. Um,
2: I think it's really uh, interesting when you talk about years, because I can just see some people listening to this and going seven years. I don't have seven years. Like that's a long time. But what we often forget is that seven years is going to pass whether you invest or whether you don't. So there's no better time to start investing in real estate than right now, because seven years from now, if you don't, you're going to look back and say, damn it, I didn't invest. Right. And right. You, you did it. And you, you, now you're, you're doing what you want to do.
0: Right. It, it And you know, life goes by so quick, right? Like before you know it, you're five years is like a blink of an eye. So really seven years for financial freedom in, in the big picture. It's like, it, it really is. So quick to the point where you could walk away, you know, from $140,000 a year income pension benefits, the whole nine yards. I turned that around in seven years and it's really nothing at the end of the day.
1: No, it's not. It took me seven years as well. It does. It does fly by and I'm glad I did it too. Right. Like literally I started investing in October, 2013. And left my full time job October first of two thousand twenty. Um, so roughly, you know, the same the same timeline. So, you know, you have a family, you've got a spouse. Um, you know, were they on board with you saying bye to that career?
0: I think it was actually my spouse that kind of pushed me because I was juggling both things at the same time. And I was burning the candle at both ends, really, and financially. Like I said, I, I didn't, I didn't need to continue with the police career. And she kind of pushed me towards, um, like, you know, we're good. We, we have the passive income coming through the properties, the cash flow. You know, you need you're, you're killing yourself because I would go to work night shift, come home, sleep for three hours, run out to Hamilton, um, you know, go check out more properties go check on my properties, show some of my units um, to prospective tenants for vacancies. Then I'd go back in for night shift again with three hours sleep. So I was, I was, I was getting old pretty quick. And uh, yeah, I had the full support from her and she actually was a contributing factor to it's time to, it's time to hang it up and move on with life.
1: That's awesome that you had that support. Mm -hmm. I I, I did too. Actually, Matt was, was telling me to leave like a year (laughs) and a year I was stalling and stalling and stalling, but you know, at some point it it makes sense. Right. And you just have to just trust in the, you know, what you've built so far and, and take the leap. So I would just like to add in there, Sarah, I also told you to leave a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Actually, everyone was telling me to leave, but, but, you know in a way i just it was not the right timing um you know my uh, my my boss's spouse or, or wife was very sick so like the the timing just didn't work out and then you know things happened and um you know it it made sense at the time that it made sense and i think it was not so much the uh income and the and what i had as much as it is the loyalty to people that have always been there for me too um which is a big factor so when did you start utilizing joint ventures? At what stage and how quickly did that propel you to your 200 plus units that you have now?
0: Um, really took off in 2017. Uh, the market was crazy, crazy, crazy hot, kind of like it is now in, in 2017. And again, um, uh, we had built up a, a portfolio of five rental properties, all multifamilies, again, in the city of Hamilton. And we started to develop a team of professionals that we dealt with right from, you know, the mortgage components to construction, to, um, you know, our lawyers, accountants, stuff like that. So, um, we had everything in place and we felt confident enough to be able to, to, um, deliver what we were saying we were going to deliver based on our experience. So after five properties in 2017, um, We decided to start marketing ourselves and whatnot and um, attract different investors. And um, it just exploded Um, in that year. I probably did, I I don't know, 20 deals that year as far as joint ventures go. Um, And since then it's just been a continual, um, a continual progression since 2017. So, I think when you start to join venture, you have to bring, you have to really bring an expertise to the table and have that person who's going to provide a lot of money. Cause for the most part, obviously our joint ventures are bringing the capital to the table and we are executing on that capital. So people are bringing a lot of money to the table and, and trusting us with it. So I really wanted to make sure I was the real deal and I had everything in place and not just, Obviously, not just my first rodeo, so to speak, and it's kind of really, obviously, after retirement, it then became a full time business for us, where uh, we do it as a business now.
2: So, I mean, you say that you you decided to to joint venture, and I know that that, that that's definitely a, a shift in the mind, right? You it, you have to because you're used to doing it by yourself, and then you got to go out to other people as almost like all of us do unless we, unless we have you know millions and millions and millions of dollars in our back pocket when most of us don't you got to go out to other people um so but how do when you say you marketed yourself like what did you do like how did you think about it and what did you how did you approach people i guess and, and i know we could we could spend a whole couple of hours on this but it just is not sort of an overview like What was your initial thoughts and and how did that move change a little bit as you went along?
0: Um, So we had tapped out on our um, debt service with respect to lending and getting a conventional mortgage after having, so the five properties plus our principal res um, our debt ratio now was at a, was at a, a peak and we'd have to go to a B lender. Um, to get traditional financing so rather than doing that it was still an option because I think the numbers back then would have still worked but uh, in in networking with my business partner Sandy McKay um, uh, Sandy runs a podcast as well and um, Sandy interviewed me on his podcast when we got into business together or shortly thereafter Um, and Kind of told my story and and our level of experience and essentially yeah we if anybody wants help or they're looking potentially to a joint venture and want some help with that or get into business together you know here's my contact information and um, a lot of investors I guess my story and you know my background resonated with them and they started reaching out. So I was getting calls and emails um, and that's how it started. Hey, Adrian, I just heard the podcast. That's amazing. Really like your story. You know, can we meet for coffee? And then, you know, most of the time it's a good fit depending on what their goals are, what our goals are and kind of networked that way and and built up the business just from that, that original um, uh, mindset and podcast at the time.
1: That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. And just curious for with your JVs and and the people that you meet, like, is what's the exit strategy? Like, what do you guys discuss in terms of exit strategies? We're looking for a
0: five-year commitment. Um, Most of our, well, pretty much every single one of our JVs is a uh, buy, renovate, refinance and rent. Um, And our, our knowledge on the market and the people we have in place to help us succeed enable us, I think we're batting 99% on extracting all of our capital and our, our construction costs. So essentially, you know, like I, like I explained to the joint venture partner, when you have an acquisition, you have that asset, you essentially at the refinance point, we don't have any money left in the deal. We're still cash flowing uh, on the property. We have debt pay down, we have passive appreciation there's really no need to sell that property, right? Cause it's doing all these wonderful things in the background um, for us. That being said, you know, life changes for people and whatnot for whatever reason, but typically we're looking at a five year commitment and then we'll reevaluate and um, they'll have first right of refusal if they want to be bought out and vice versa. Or ultimately we, we just put a sign on the lawn and it goes to market. If ultimately we both want to sell or that's the direction we go in.
1: Okay. I mean, I think it's just always important to talk about exit strategies, right? Before you sure. get into business with somebody to understand, like, you know, be on the same page with that and plan it ahead of time. Um, have, have there been any, and you don't have to share obviously names, but any JVs that did not pan out uh, the way that you were hoping?
0: No, the only JV that didn't pan out the way I was hoping was we left twenty grand in the property, and the how the the fourplex got appraised at I want to say nine hundred and seventy, and we ended up leaving twenty grand in. So twenty thousand of our capital was left in, and a nine hundred and seventy thousand (laughs) dollars,
1: which isn't that bad.
0: Still incredible, but that
1: yeah. But nobody that like needs to like get their money out or exit. No any of yeah. that like that's kind of where i was i was trying to like hear like because there there's good and bad to join ventures right i mean it's definitely more complex and there's more stuff to do um you know and and some jvs start off well and you hear stories where unfortunately it just doesn't end well right and uh and just taking those oh, ventures- that, that
0: hasn't happened with us we're looking for people that you know want to potentially learn a bit uh but they're okay being hands off, and, and really leave it to the experts, which is us. And, and, and I remind them, that's why they're partnering. That's why they're joint venturing with us, because we have this down to a fine art. And if they're, if they're not into that, and they, they're going to micromanage, and um, you know that being said, there's a lockbox on the property. You want to check up on it every day, go ahead. But if, if they're going to be skeptical and micromanage every single step of the way, probably not a good fit. And they, they need to ask themselves then you know, why, they, why, they leave, why they're not leaving it up to the experts, which is the reason why they're partnering with us because we like to consider ourselves the experts.
2: I mean, that really, really speaks to the point that you, you really have to invest some time in getting to know the, the, the joint venture person because when it comes down to it, it's about relationships, right? Mm-hmm. You can have the best contracts in the world. But a contract is only a, a, a promise to act, behave in a certain way. And if the relationship sours, then you're heading to court or whatever it is, litigation. I, you don't want to go there. So yeah. it always, always comes down to the relationship. So you got to get to know people and set out your goals and find out what theirs are. And like you said, if you're a micromanager, uh, if, if your JV's a micromanager, then walk away because you you don't deal with those people it's just an irritant
0: yeah and nothing really at the end of the day nothing gets done things will take so much longer because everything is questioned and triple questioned and knock on wood i haven't had that experience i've heard of certain like sarah was mentioning i've heard of some jvs going south because you know they end up scrapping it out or can't agree on anything anymore or whatever some ill towards feelings knock on wood we haven't been there yet um So yeah.
1: Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for sharing your your insights. And I mean, we could keep talking for, for, you know, many more hours with you and we can take in different directions because you've got so much experience. But the next part of the podcast is our, our lightning round. We're gonna ask you a series of four questions. You're gonna answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Let's do it. And check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email, daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right, question number one, what is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event?
0: Um, that's a good question. Let me save that one for last or we got to go in order.
1: We can, uh, we can come back to that one. Laurel, question number two. Okay. What's your favorite resource for real estate investing? And it can be anything, a book, a training, a person, an event. What's your favorite resource? The Right Club. <laughs> All right. Number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful?
0: Um, abundance, mindset, and taking risks.
2: Okay. And what do you typically do on a Sunday morning?
0: Sunday mornings, I'm usually at the cottage. Um, Another luxury I was able to afford thanks to real estate investing. But yeah, Sunday mornings, I'm usually at the cottage and I get up early in the morning. I'm a morning person and I'm walking the dog along the sandy beach.
1: Sounds awesome. I'm actually headed to the cottage myself this afternoon. (laughs) It's probably the last nice day that we're going to (laughs) get.
0: Oh my, I think the last time we spoke, your husband are, was having a boys weekend and you were jealous.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, so now I, I get to go there all by myself. I actually have a, a um, burr class that we're doing in Peterborough. So I'm going to go up there and spend the weekend and do uh, the burr class on the Saturday. So awesome. Cool. So let's go back to question uh, number one. What is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event?
0: I'd say from another investor at the time was the What started all this from my mortgage broker, leverage the equity you have in your home to purchase income properties. And that's really what took off my career with respect to real estate investing.
1: It's a powerful message. So Adrian, where can the Right Club Nation reach out, find out more about you? How can they do that?
0: Uh, 416-938-2641 or uh, executive properties, I E S at rogers.com.
1: Awesome. Any final last words of advice for our right club nation before we go?
0: Um, no matter what you do, invest in real estate and there's always a way, always a way to get started and get started like tomorrow, today for that matter.
1: (laughs) There you go. Get started. Awesome. Adrian, thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Okay, guys, thank you.
2: Well, Sarah, he has a really powerful story, doesn't he? Like, wow. Like, I just can't believe what he's accomplished in 10 short years. And like you said, even after seven, it was like, wow, he's,
1: he doesn't have to worry anymore about relying on the paycheck, does he? No, exactly. And it goes to show that even if you have a pension, it is not always the golden handcuffs. Right. Police officers. I mean, I'm pretty much married to police officer and yes, the pension is great, but it's not the be all and end all. And you can, you can over time replace that. And Adrian's done a really good job with, uh, with shifting his mindset, with shifting his goals and going after them. And, uh, in, in really doing it strategically. So I think it's super exciting. I think it's awesome that he was able to quit his job after seven years um, and that he had the support too from from his spouse and from his his kids and from his family to, to be able to take that leap.
2: And I think too that it was really, really cool the way he went from when he started investing, just uh, talking to, or thinking about I just want to be able to, uh, when, I, when I retire, right, which was many, many, maybe if not decades in the future, when I retire, be able to top up my pension income with my passive income from my real estate so that I can, I don't lose kind of my lifestyle. And it didn't take him very long to figure out, wait a minute, I, I can surpass my income, my, my salary and whatever pension income I would make by, by factors of whatever. And he jumped.
1: Yep, absolutely. I mean, it's and and he said it too, right? He wishes that the the first year he went into Hamilton that he bought many more properties than he did, yeah. because yeah. E- and even in today's price, in ten years from now, you'll you'll still be happy. You may not be happy in a year or two because it's going to take time, or we never know in the short term what happens to the market, but in the long term, in a ten plus year or more. You will do well in real estate, provided that you do buy something that's somewhat cash flow so that you can take the ups and the downs don't buy something where your tenants is living there and you're paying extra don't do that, but the cash flowing properties over the long term are the best in my opinion yeah, yeah, and
2: um, you said it's the, it's it's the long game right it's not if you're going in for short stuff that's speculation, so don't even think about that or at least that's what. Well, my opinion is, um, you want to speculate, go somewhere else. Um, but but look at the, the long term game. And long term can be two years, three years, four years, five years, 10 years, whatever it is. But that time's going to pass anyway, just like we talked about in the podcast.
1: Goes by with the blink of the eye. So don't waste the time you know, educate yourself, which is awesome because you are listening to this right now and you're tuning in. Hopefully we see you next week again. Um, Get educated, make the right moves, build the right team, right club nation. Laurel, what do we say to the right club nation? Come grow with us. Until next week.